0: GG Poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet. Why play anywhere else? They have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site. GG Poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament. There are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or season pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, 18 plus, new UK players only. Minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply. Begamblerware.org and please play responsibly. to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show.
1: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting, it's the fighting,
3: Clock. It's the fighting, it's the fighting, cock!
0: A camel no Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fighting God podcast. Today I'm joined by Windy, how you doing mate? I'm good, how are you? I'm really good because... Uh, you know, Spurs are winning, even though it's h- hard to watch at times. Very, very difficult um, experience watching Tottenham at the moment because uh, we're winning games, but it, it's not convincing and there are still defensive issues and all that. But what I want to talk about is um, something that's a bit more positive and someone that you know very well because you've watched him over the m- many years and seen him his rise to the first team, Japhet Tenganga. Mm. Um, how long? Uh, when, when did you first become aware of his talent?
4: Uh, when did I first become aware? I, I think I probably saw him play when he was 16 for the under-18s. And I liked what I saw straight away. Uh, I, he, he'd been in England age groups. So when players are included in England training squads or full squads at any age level, you know they've got ability. So if a players represented their country, you're thinking, OK, we've, we've got someone here that's worth keeping an eye on. And, and Tenganga had been identified quite early as someone who, who had this potential and could play for England. So there was a bit of hype, but hype within the sort of community of Spurs youth watching people. So his name wasn't widely known. Um, and he took to academy football like a duck to water, was very, very um, impressive uh, in kind of leading from the back. So he always played center back uh, that's the first thing to say he's i I don't recall him ever playing right back or left back for the academy uh, he may have done a couple of times but it certainly wasn't a regular thing he he was a center back and he was a very sort of tenacious brave center back who would throw his body in the way of shots and put his head in the way when it mattered to make clearing headers um and led led by example from the back and yeah just instantly
0: Caught my eye and was someone I liked definitely. When you say he's, he, he's never played left back or, or or right back, do you feel like he has played that for Mourinho? I mean, it, it, I can't. I mean, is that has he played left back and right back? I know he's played on the left side of uh, a centre back free and has mm. filled in as a left back, but he, he hasn't been like a Danny Danny Rose's position or anything like that, as far as I can tell. Maybe against City, it's it's a very different formation, isn't it? That's I think mean, that's the obvious thing. When
4: Tanganga's playing fullback for Mourinho, it's, it's like you say, a much more withdrawn role where he's not expected to provide much attacking impetus. But then having said that, in the Middlesbrough game where he played the, the, the second game against Middlesbrough where he played right back, mm. he was bombing on down the right and he was he was being expected to kind of beat his man and put a cross in. And he did it really well. And I was that was one element of his game that I was surprised with because... He'd never kind of sort of shown that creative ability for the uh, for the academy sides before, so that was a that was a nice bonus.
0: I guess from uh, if he's playing cent- as a centre back, he, he's not going to get that opportunity to do it. Uh, but yeah, that that Maraudin run down the right hand side against Borough was brilliant. It was it was really really exciting and. And added to his defensive abilities and how sure he's been at the back since coming into the side to then see that he's he's actually got, he's really pacey and and he can take a player on. If he's Mm. battling that right-hand side was just an added benefit, really. How did you feel then when Mourinho decided to to pick him for the game against Liverpool, the best attacking side in football at the moment?
4: So as you can imagine, uh, my mentions on Twitter went mental. Uh, because an, an academy player was playing that people didn't really know about. And some people knew that I'd been rating him for quite a while, but I'd, I'd kind of given up on, on him having a chance, um, particularly under Pochettino. Um, I felt incredibly nervous on his behalf. I, I I just felt like, please don't, please don't make a major error. Don't do what Kyle Walker-Peters did against Barcelona. Don't do anything that, that could be a black mark against you because young players don't tend to get a second chance where with kind of new signings we will persist with them until they become good. So Sissoko, we went through a year of him being abject. Son took a long time to adjust to the pace of, of the premier league, mm. but because there were signings that were brought in on big wages and were big names, of course the club's going to persist with them and, and hope to get their money's worth. Young players don't get afforded the same chance typically. So a couple of poor games, or or even just average games, and that might be their chance gone. Uh, so I just desperately wanted him to get through the game unscathed, and he did way more than that.
0: Definitely, he definitely he. Um, from from the first minute, I I felt comfortable, and I I think it's because of my ignorance, and you know like I knew nothing about his development other than occasionally listening to you speak about him. But it, it was weird. I was just like, "Yeah, this feels good. This feels right." I don't, I don't know why. I can't explain it. But I feel completely comfortable with Tanganga, who's never played a first team match. If, if I'm right, is that right? He played in the League Cup. Okay, who uh, played in the League Cup, but never had a Premier League, the, Premier, League Premier League game. That, that, he could, that he's just going to come in and, and 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 do okay. And it was such a high pressure match with high risk for him to to make mistakes, and you know i think it helped the fact that they played free at the back for that game i'm pretty sure and he was playing on the yeah. right hand side so he only had to play his game really but even still you know keeping that front trio quiet is a mean task for anyone as we've as we've seen over and over again but by and large he did really well i think you know some people being ultra critical might have said that he could have done better with the the goal where he got turned but i don't i'm not sure I think the same result would have happened even if Adebayo was there yeah I agree and
4: he made a block on the line within a few minutes yes Um, and it was funny because I I tweeted something pre-match about like how he is a a wholehearted defender and will throw himself at things and and do you know make late blocks and I think people like took that as a kind of proper football man comment. And then he do- goes and does it within five minutes. And I was like, that's what I mean. That's <laughs> literally what I'm that's he does this all the time. <laughs> and it's not that he's like a proper football man. He just anticipates the game well. And he, he knows when to drop back on the line and to, when to, to come out and meet a player who's taking a shot. He reads the game incredibly well.
0: Yeah and and it's that kind of defending that really you your uh, the Spurs fans will attach themselves to or will really get behind. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Michael Dawson when, you know, Michael Dawson was a limited footballer, a limited defender, right? He had his good points and he had games where he was incredible, but he was very you know, he was limited, right? Yeah. Um but his playing style meant that you just loved him. You could see yeah. like, he he was playing for the for the shirt, and and that's all you kind of want, right, a a footballer is only as good as his his coaching being brought up and and the surroundings around him, and all you can ask from a footballer when they get picked by the manager is to really do all they can, and that was Michael Dawson in a nutshell. You know, when he'd he'd attack headers, he'd do it with every ounce of ambition and passion that he had within his body and put his neck proper through it. Do you know what I mean? And last-ditch tackles and going like full-blooded tackles on the wing to get the ball out. That that kind of attitude is what, what fans love to see. And if that is a part of Tanganga's game, if he can continue to maintain this form, and, and it may be that his ceiling is higher than this, but even if he can maintain this form and just show an ambition and love for the for, for playing for Spurs, then um, he, he, I can't see him not being in the side regularly from this point forward. Uh, providing well, providing you know, that he doesn't make any huge massive errors or a series of them.
4: Yeah, this I mean this is this is a large part of his game. He has got that Dawson-esque element of just loving to defend, which. In, in many ways, he's a bit of a lost art of the English game. But on top of that, he's kind of got the the physical attributes that Dawson was lacking. So he's quick. He's really quick, actually. Uh, deceptively so. And he covers ground well. Uh, but He's also naturally really strong. So he's not the tallest player. You'll notice he's probably, what, 5'11", something like that. 5'10", 5'11". That all
0: he is? Because he feel, yeah, feels he's, bigger. he's
4: got a hell of a leap on him. He gets up so well. And one of the things I've been um, saying constantly is, we are really missing a trick by not putting him in the box when we've got corners because in my eyes from what i've witnessed in the under 18s under 21s under 23s he's one of the best players we've got in in the club at attacking crosses really? he's incredibly good at challenging for aerial balls and he scored a good number of headers for the under 18s in particular so we should be having him in the box uh, people have said yeah but you know he's he's good at defending on the run as well so if we got get caught on the counter you need someone like that there well, I, I kind of think you can make you've got plenty pace. of other players that can do that. Plus, he can he can
0: get back quickly as well. Can't
4: yeah, you? exactly. If needs be, he can he can get back quickly. But he's so good at attacking the ball. I hope that's something we see eventually because we're we're kind of weak from uh, from corners.
0: Just for the record, he is six foot exactly.
4: Is he? Okay, interesting. That's, I, that's
0: only an inch more than five. I, yeah, and twelve. I mean,
4: I'm surprised. I'm surprised by that. I always thought he was a shade under, but he he uh, he attacks the ball like a man much taller because he's got such a leap.
0: Yeah. Um, did you see his interview after the game? It yeah, was, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, it was, it was, was joyful. Wasn't it? It was lovely. Because, I mean, there wasn't much joy coming from him because he is quite a reserved He's guy. calm, very calm. Very calm. He, he just barely looked like... It, it, it was almost like he's just taking it in his stride, which is what yeah. you want. But yeah. he did talk about um, that Mourinho came to him on the Tuesday before the game, which was a few days before the actual game itself, and said, do you want to play? And he said, yes, I want to play. And he said, you're not going to be nervous. You're going to be okay. And he goes, yes, I'll, I'll be fine, which is, which is great. I mean, he probably definitely wasn't expecting that. Uh, and then he said after the next few days, he worked on shape. The three defenders worked on shape against Liverpool. And from that point on, he knew he he was going to be in the side. And he talked about having two sleepless nights before the game, which shows he's, he's excited for it, as well as, um, you know, ner- has this nervous energy, uh, along with the calmness. Um But then what was really lovely about it was when the other players were saying, look, you're in training, you're coping with Harry Kane, Humminson, Lucas Moura every day. You can do this. I just thought it was a a really lovely thing how how much he went on record as saying that his teammates helped him cope with the nerves and and, and trust his ability.
4: Yeah, they they do seem like a very um, supportive squad we've got. Um, and everyone always talks about what a great group of lads they are Mourinho's been very kind of up on the camaraderie in the group and that can only be a good thing when you're a young player you kind of need to feel a part of that and and that you have the respect of your teammates and that they're there to they've got your back basically if something goes wrong
0: um, you mentioned earlier about players being exposed too young they're not ready kind of thing and it can it, you know it's much more likely that a young player will be cast aside if he has a few bad games than it would be a new mm. signing which um, I think that's one of the reasons why Troy Parrott perhaps hasn't featured much because they're, they're a little bit anxious. Kristen Hennig mentioned it actually that a, a young striker, especially being thrust into the first team, that they may be protecting him somewhat cause he's just signed the th- new three-year deal. Um, so this suggests they are in his plans. But he, but, sorry, he is in our plans to play. But what, what, what do you think? Do you think that's part of the reason why we haven't seen any minutes from him?
4: Uh, so I... Tin foil hat on I think potentially they wanted him to sign the contract before they exposed him to first team football on a regular basis because I, th- I think his contract was due to expire
0: either this year or next so a German side could come in and pe- pick him up or something
4: yeah exactly exactly and you know if we're if we're if we're truly honest about the situation at spurs with young players over the last three years it's been it's been a problem so a lot of good young players have have left the club because they couldn't see a route to the the first team from the academy. So Mourinho started addressing that already, which is great, but it's going to take some time to change the perceptions. And what we don't want is our best young players, and Troy Parrott is certainly one of the best academy players we've ever had. What we don't want is him thinking, I'm not going to get a chance here. Look, Harry Kane's a striker. How am I ever going to overtake Harry Kane? I need to go elsewhere and, and find regular football. What, what we want Troy Parrott to see is Harry Kane cannot play every game, and I need to be there fifty percent of the time. And if I excel in those fifty percent of games, then maybe they play me and Kane together. And and that's that's the kind of confidence we need to instill in in a player like Parrot. I think we'll see more of him now he signed the contract. And that's I, I could be wrong. Maybe Mourinho is totally should totally be taken at face value when he said that he doesn't think Parrot's quite ready yet uh but personally i think he's absolutely ready certainly physically i mean he played for ireland he played 60 minutes for the full national team of ireland and he did a very good job um you, you
0: can see highlight clips of of that performance and is it just the, was great. The, just the one goal uh, it's one game for ireland is that right yeah yeah he
4: he just played the one game for them so far i'm sure he'll, i'm sure there'll be many more uh yeah uh, yeah ireland have got a, a couple of strikers now who are going to be great together
0: it's Connolly as well, isn't it? And yeah, and Ida, Adam Ida, the uh, the Norwich striker, also. Um, it, 18 is very young, though. In, it, certainly, at a club like Spurs, where there's a goldfish bowl. Once you're on the pitch and in there, all of the if he makes his debut, all of the press are going to be looking at him. It won't be like Tanganga, where it was a complete shock that he came in. Uh, but with Troy Parrott, is that there's already a little buzz around him, and he's like you say, he's made his full debut for Ireland. I just wonder that if. Uh, what player is ready at 18?
4: Sure, no, I I can appreciate that, but at the same time, you've got Mason Greenwood getting regular minutes for Manu and Gabriel Martinelli getting regular minutes for Arsenal. They're both 18, they're both coping adequately. Uh, Parrot is certainly on the similar level to them in terms of ability. Uh, and I'd actually say he's he's way better physically developed than than Martinelli, and and more able to handle the kind of the rough and tumble of the Premier League, as it were. Um, so I don't see a problem with him getting minutes. I'm not I'm not saying start Troy Power between now and the rest of the season. That would be absolute lunacy. But there's no reason why he can't get 50 minutes off the bench
0: here, half an hour off the bench there. The odd start between now and now and May. Mm. And we have got some games that he could play in Norwich in the FA Cup, for, for example. Um, yeah, like you say, Harry Kane. If, if you know, as long as he stays at Tottenham, he's going to have to be managed because mm. he has significant injuries every season. Like he's out for a significant amount of time time every season, every year. We have to cope with his absence, and maybe and certainly the, the this groin injury, where it wasn't an impact injury, it was that, that was that's about wear and tear and, and the amount of gain. Of game. course, exactly. So he, Troy Parrott actually needs to, if he is good enough. Uh, which you seem to think he is, and you know you're a better place than me. Then, like you say, he does. Mourinho has to start using him when he almost when Kane comes back, if not before, because you know there's no point in having him at a football club. And I wonder if Troy Parrott would have signed the contract if we'd have bought in Piantek or Giroud mm. on a on a two or three year deal, or whatever it would have been.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think it sort of encourages him that we didn't sign a striker. Uh, if, if we'd signed a striker on a two year deal and. Troy Power hadn't signed the contract, I wouldn't have blamed him to be honest. Because that, that would have that would have been a blocker for him. Yeah. And there were many clubs across Europe who would take Troy Power and basically use him immediately. So I wouldn't have blamed him. I, I think um now he's signed this contract for another three years. We've got that kind of security that we're not gonna gonna lose out any value on him. Uh I, I hope we see hope we see some of him between now and May and I hope he Shows what he can do because he's he's a very very capable
0: player. He's kind of got everything. He's he's well set to become a very good footballer. I wonder if I wonder if you know Spurs were looking at looking at a, a deal, a striker deal, and and then and it, there was kind of noise from Troy Parrott's side that saying, "Look, I'm not going to sign this contract if another striker has been brought in." I respect what you're doing. I understand why you want to bring someone in, but and they and and they and the club know that they do have this special young talent that that perhaps they don't need a second striker and Troy Parrott is the man and that is the plan of action. And I know it doesn't hate many Spurs fans because they just want to see this big name come in or a liable striker, but if there is a plan for Troy Parrott and it involves first team football for him, then maybe that is the best solution or a solution to our striking problems.
4: Definitely. And I think the the good thing about Tanganga coming through is it kind of shows the... The average fan who doesn't really know much about our academy, it shows him that the gap between our under-23 players and our first team players is not as big as many would think. Mm. Um I'm not saying at all that you know we could just parachute in to kind of five players from the under 23s and, and they'd all cope as well as Tanganga has. Like that is that's completely unrealistic. But one a year, absolutely, a hundred percent we could manage one a year from our academy and you know they'd they'd be just as good as as most kind of squad signings, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, Tanganga's uh, ceiling. Like, haven't you watched, watched the development of, of these players? And, uh, mm. and I, I remember the last centre-back you raved quite about it was Carter Vickers, who mm. hasn't gone on to do amazing things, struggling in the Championship, sort of flitting between loans. Is he still even on our books? Uh, yeah, he's on loan. at um, Gosh, he's on loan. I forget where at the moment. Th- he's he's it, just gone out. He's on the... I think it's the team. We were at the bottom of the Championship, I remember... But he's gone to Ipswich. He's, he's he's played all over the place, really. And, yeah, and has never really kind of cemented it. Luton, he's gone to Luton. Luton, yeah, so. I think they're down the bottom somewhere. Um, but 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 I'm not saying what, what the question I'm not, I'm not asking the question you know about whether or not Tanganga will go the same way as Carter is because you rated him as well. It was, it's more about like it, it's everything you've seen up to now convince you that Tanganga could have uh, could have could have achieved what he has done the last six or seven games.
4: Yeah, and, and looking back on Carter Vickers, I think he's one who was incredibly highly rated when he was like 15, 16. Because um, of his size? Because of his size, partly. And he, he kind of got this reputation because he was playing for the US under-23s at 16, and then he played for the US national team. Um, and I'm not saying that he wasn't a good player because he was very, very good in the under-18s. Very good. Uh but definitely, there was a point where I think quite a few youth watchers went, okay, yeah, maybe he's not quite as good as we all thought. Like, he definitely wasn't as good on the ball, for example. Tanganga's better on the ball. And we've got other good young players like TJ Ayoma, who's just gone out on loan for the first time, who is definitely not as good defensively as Tanganga, but he's probably more elegant on the ball. You've got Lyons Foster, who, although he's a bit smaller, uh, he's he's a very promising young player as well. And then we've just lost Lewis Binks, who's gone to join Montreal Impact, but he was another one I really like. So we suppose I've got a kind of. A good production line in terms of centre backs. We've got a good reputation for developing centre backs, uh, and Tanganga for me was
0: one that was always at the top of top of my centre back lists. Okay, before I let you go, Wendy, what what um, mm. tell me tell me about some of our, our other prospects who you think could potentially break through into squad before the end of the season or or mm. into next season? Could maybe start with the the, the kid who plucked, was your left back, Sirkin? Is it?
4: Yeah, Dennis Sirkin. Yeah. So uh, Sirkin's a really interesting one because uh, he he's another one who was in England groups from a very young age. So, you know, he's, you know, he's good just from that. Uh, he came into the under 18s. I think he might have made his debut at 15, but as a 16 year old, who's playing regularly for the first time. I saw him in a youth tournament when I think he was 15 or 16 and he had an absolute nightmare of a tournament. He looked awful. Uh, and and so I kind of, I went, well, I don't get the hype of this guy. What's, what's, what's going on and uh and a few few of my friends who who also watched academy football just said no no keep watching he's this is just a bad tournament players have bad games mm. he's very good and i saw him again and he was the best player on the pitch next time i saw him and i was like okay i see it i see it now i see what i've been missing sirkin is a very sturdy defender he's for a 17 year old he's very well built and this sounds incredibly creepy, but is not meant that way. He's got massive thighs, <laughs> really, really, like, meaty thighs, which set him up really well for being a Premier League just, uh, fullback, I think. I've had to Google Get that up
0: stra- straight away. I've Googled well, to, it. To look at his thighs. Oh, mate, they are sensational, aren't they? Yeah. They're like yeah. grown men thighs. I know, right? Like, why are they so big? I don't know. They're like, honestly, they're bigger than, they're like, you're talking about, you're like Aurier, Size his thighs. His, his thighs are bigger than my torso. Mad.
4: Yeah. All yeah. right.
0: Like, if if his thighs are anything to go by, he's he, yeah. Let's go. Go on. So, so tell me more about him. In terms yeah. So of...
4: I sort of see him as a as a a very good defensive fullback. He he definitely is good at going forward with the ball as well. But um, like where Walker Peters was renowned in the academy for being an attacking fullback, what Cirkin focuses on first and foremost is his defending and. And that's that's quite refreshing in a way. It's nice to see a defender who likes to defend. Um, and I think I, I think he'll be good at both ends of the pitch in the future. But um, yeah, a left back who can defend is always going to be helpful. Well, certainly uh, in our current team. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Uh, go on. Any, any anyone else that that kind of um, excites you? Is this you um, is he under 18? Circun has he been playing for the 23s? He he's moved up to 23s, but he's I think he's he's either 17 or just he's, 18. He's 17. I just looked at
4: his profile. Yeah. Yeah, so he, yeah, he's still a young lad. Uh, but but Mourinho obviously likes him. He basically name checked him within his first week and then started including him as the as the nineteenth man in first team squad. So he's definitely one he likes. Um, What's and, uh, what?
0: Sorry, mate. with The nineteenth was it like a spare one? Yeah, they
4: always take a spare man or two on their on their trips traveling. Uh, for Premier League games just as an experience for them but also if someone gets injured in the warm-up they can draft them onto the bench or whatever. Fair enough. So uh, yeah, he, he's been going along. He's also been on the bench a couple of times under Mourinho so definitely is uh, in his plans I would think. And there are some other good players. Um, it's difficult to get a handle on, on who he likes best out of a, the next few. Um, so there's not been any kind of obvious signs or mentions of particular players. Mm. But I really I really like Harvey White who is a central midfielder um, who started off as a number 10 and has progressively got deeper and deeper and deeper. But his main attributes, I suppose, are his set piece delivery, which is just he's a left footer and he takes an absolutely awesome corner or um, free kick, scores a lot of free kicks. Uh, Someone compared him to James Ward-Prowse, which I think is a very, very good um, comparison because they're quite, they're both tenacious players who have Particular passing ability, but perhaps lack a little bit of mobility. Uh, so that, I think that's a good comparison. And I think uh, if, if White can have a career as good as James Wall-Prowse did, would have done well. well mate,
0: yeah, I rate him highly.
4: He's good. He's a good player. I mean, he, he's not like a, a player you'd cover for our first team, but he's, he'd be a good squad player. You, for, saw, for you, most you saw
0: how Hassan Hull reacted when he was... Mm. I don't know if you saw it. Was you at the game? Mm. It, it was Hassan Hull. I wasn't at the game. I was watching on the stream, yeah. He... Um, he was destitute, and luckily for for him, uh, it was just a gash on on his mm. on his leg. Cester Young actually, after that challenge, looked pretty distraught. He did, didn't he? He thought he'd really hurt him, but uh, luckily uh, he hadn't. Um, but yeah, Arsenal said if you go know, lost the game and lost Ward Prowse, it would have been an absolute disaster. He rates him that highly, and there was mm. always this player that that manages to kind of pin the, their their tactics and build the team around. And while Ward Prowse isn't this. Like you say, he's not a, a flair player. He's not stand out. He just does delivery. He's like seven out of ten every game. Yeah, uh, and occasionally eight. Um, I'm just looking at the squad now, just picking a couple. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino, are, are any good? No, I think I think he'll be
4: gone. I think he'll be gone come the summer. So what's what's quite interesting about that is that we seem to have completely changed our approach now with uh, with the development squad since Mourinho came in. So did you see in the transfer window, we sold two of our young players. We sold Tishan Oakley Booth and Paris Magoma, who were both 19, I believe. Uh, And that was quite unusual because under Pochettino, we just hung on to players and hung on to them and hung on to them until they were like 22. And what Mourinho's done is any players 20 or over are out on loan or gone. Yeah. And any players. I mean, and then he's got rid of Magoma and Oakley Booth and and you know that's great for them because it means they get to start their careers, they get to become footballers, uh, which is all they want, and they'll have a they'll have a defined career path. And they probably weren't good enough for Spurs, so it makes it makes sense. What that then does is that frees up spots in the under twenty three for younger players to come in. So sending like Shiloh Tracy out on loan to Macclesfield suddenly means that we're playing Keon Etete or Etete. I'm not sure how you, how you pronounce his surname, but the, the kid we signed from Notts County is a 17-year-old.
2: Yeah,
4: He's now been moved up from the 18s to the 23s, which is brilliant for him. And apparently, so he was one I thought we'd just signed to make up the numbers. I thought, okay, well, they're going to play Parrot higher uh, in the 23s, so they've signed Atete to, to fill him for the under-18s. No, apparently he's actually really good. He's, um, he's six foot four, but he's actually really good with his feet as well. Where, so where does he, he play? He's a striker. He's a centre forward, and he's now playing. Under, he'll be now playing under 23 football. So in a year's time, we'll know a lot more about him, and maybe he'll be ready to go out on loan and get some league experience. And then, you know, the production line then has always has another player ready to step in, which is which is great.
0: Do you remember when um, there was this idea that Daniel Levy wanted to make is it 800k off of every academy player to break even? Uh,
4: I think it may have even been 400, but yeah, inflation and all that. So, so why, what, not, yeah, what, why not 800?
0: So, what what was that then? It was just the the the, the, it, the benchmark, and this the, the, this was a time when Bentaleb was was sold. That was when this was talked about because he yeah. went for like a lot of money, didn't he? Like 14 million in the end.
4: Yeah, I, I think it was like a theoretical number that kind of almost paid for their development. Yes. you know, if, if a player's joined Spurs at the age of eight or ten, the amount of coaching they get and it's not just coaching it's teaching you know we we also we, we operate like a college at, at um at the academy so they they have lessons as well and yeah. go to the Tottenham academy so there's a lot more that goes into it than um than just coaching that you know they there's some of them are staying with with host families locally that costs money that costs the club money so there are costs associated with developing young players um and i guess that was like a theoretical figure if we can average out at 400k Per player then we're breaking even kind of thing or, or even making profit but you know you mentioned benton up there there have been so many young players that have been sold on for big money mason livermore townsend colker you know now walker peters will probably be sold carter vickers
0: will probably be sold and then tom carroll then if you look at the value of uh winks for example oh uh, yeah like i you know 30 be, million plus yeah and you know, harry kane like is 100 million yeah exactly so it's in terms of what our academy has done and I think a lot of time do you know me me and you had a I wouldn't say call it a set two because we've never really had a set two but we we had a, a slight disagreement in opinion and where the direction of the squad and I think you're going to remember what I'm talking about in a second where you were complaining about the the the, the lack of opportunity that that some of our academy players are getting and I was like, I don't care. Just buy players. If that's gonna fix mm-hmm. us quicker, just fucking buy the players. I don't give a shit whether they're young. Oh, yeah. just buy players that are gonna make us better. But then when you look at this, it's take a step back from being a little from from being gammon and then just take a step <laughs> back and look at this, what the academy in terms of finances that the academy has provided for the football club. Insane amounts of money that this our academy has generated. Huge. Like like we just said, if we could just tie it up in, in, in the last five or six years, um Kane 100 million, Winks 30 million. Uh went for 14, I think. Uh Mason what did Mason get sold was he a free? He, he sold got eight? sold
4: to Hull.
0: Yeah. for so, what like eight, 12 million something eight, like that? Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um anyway, it's just, uh, you know, it's just you know you mentioned Cooker and uh Carl Walker-Peters. uh you know these are these are um even Danny Rose you could argue I know we bought him from Leeds but you know, the the for, in terms of our training of youth players, while many don't break into the team and like te- essentially become essential players for the club, the ones that do, Tanganga now, like what what yeah. his van value just by playing these seven games, must have gone from what would we get probably get three or four million for him if he was sold. If that. If that. He was, at, he was out of contract at the end of the year. Fucking hell. So so we'd have lost him on a free. we we'd have lost him on a free, and gone from now someone coming in and looking that he can do already and it, it, you'd be thinking closer to 10 million right so, oh 100% yeah. just because of his age and the fact that you can cope in the Premier League and that's not to say that he will go on and do excellent things he, he, who knows hopefully he will football's very funny but just by coming in and playing these games and being trusted by Mourinho, that's ten million worth of talent that we have now have. And if he continues along this vein, then who knows? His age is incredible. And this has always been a big
4: part of my argument. I'm I'm not in favour of just filling the first team squad with academy players for the sake of it. Yeah. But that is that would be a crazy thing to do. But you've got all this talent at your disposal. We're one of the elite academies in the country, yeah. which happens to be one of the elite talent producing countries in the world we've got all this talent let's maximize it by creating value in the players so send them on loans get them exposed to first team football give them a couple of sub appearances in the cup like alex pritchard's another one he barely played for our first team we sold him for a huge amount of money you then use that money you make to buy first team players yeah, it just—it's such a logical business plan. Chelsea have done it for years. It's—it's um, it's easy money essentially. Um, so uh, you know, you'll get the occasional Harry Winks, and once in a generation, you'll get Harry Kane. Uh, that's a bonus. Everything else is just—it's all adding to the pot.
0: Yeah, um, as ever, Wendy, you prove to be correct. Um, <laughs> it's just that you I, op- I can see—I can see that image of T's eyes uh, open wide as you say that. Yeah, for those that don't know, we're now videoing the main podcast. That you can, if watching us talk is something you want to do, um, then go to Patreon dot com forward slash the fighting cock. And obviously, anyone who listens to this is is going to know what the extra inch is. But this is a reminder to go over and, and listen to Nathan Bardi and Wendy speak about Spurs because it's great. Um, and and it's honest, and it's sometimes not what you always want to hear, but you've got to to say what you believe, right? And what I'm talking about is Nathan's breakdown of the game against City. No, 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 sorry, not City, uh, Blackburn. Not Blackburn, what the fuck? Who who did we beat? Wolves away.
4: Yeah, Nathan's been getting a little bit of stick uh, recently because he wasn't very happy with the Jose Mourinho appointment, and he fears that... Uh, the, the style of football is going in the wrong direction, uh, and I think I think as he sees um, Mourinho evolve with us, I think he's kind of he, each day he's like re-evaluating his opinion, and that's the good thing about Nathan. He's not completely set on one way of thinking. He's open to to changing and evolving his opinion over time, and uh, you know, it's his point was more you know, Mourinho is a great manager or has been a great manager, but he might not have been the right fit for Spurs and he still thinks they were a better fit for Spurs when we appointed Mourinho.
0: Mm. I think that's a very reasonable take, to be honest. No, no, it is. It is, it is. But what, what, when there's uh, someone being reasonable being something, you know, in terms of football fans, reason, yeah. someone being reasonable isn't a thing in football, is it? We're just, no. if you hear, if we've just won and you hear someone start digging them out, it's like you're, mm. you're, you're spoiling, you're shitting on our parade here. <laughs> <Yeah. That's
4: laughs> what you all had a go at me
0: about that, didn't you, after the uh, oh, City game? Windy. Wait, like uh, Wendy. You were right. You were correct, right? You were 100% correct. <laughs> it was just my timing was this off, The timing right? was horrendous. So just let's,
4: let's, let's enjoy it. And then, but you know... Um... I think the thing is I processed things really quickly. So I was like, I'd, enjoy, I'd really enjoyed the, the win. I'd had a few beers, uh, had a great time. And then uh, I kind of got home. I, I was like... I'd moved on to the next game and I was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> it wasn't that good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fine, mate, just keep it to your fucking self. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. <laughs> uh, one more thing I, just, I forgot to mention, I thought it was quite important, is the, uh, you've got Harry Kane, who's from Enfield. Harry Winks is from, oh, where's he? Hemel Hempstead. Hemel Hempstead, that's correct. Your hometown. And then you've got, you've got Tanganga, who's even closer in Hackney. Isn't it incredible that you've got like three players in the club as like a global franchise that Tottenham has become a, a brand that's recognized wherever you go in the world that we've got three starters currently that are from a stone's throw of the stadium it's a lovely mm. thing
4: mm. yeah there's some there's some um some impressive local clubs in our catchment area which I think definitely helps um and yeah Spurs you know Hertfordshire Essex Even Cambridgeshire are are kind of good catchment areas for Spurs, for young players, and we've got a a scouting network at that level. People who know the club can feed young players in when they excel at their club. So,
0: yeah, it bodes well for more local players in the future. When you say clubs in the catchment area, do you mean, like, clubs that have been renowned for bringing through major talent?
4: Yeah, exactly. What, like... like
0: I, 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 can't I can't remember that.
4: Mem- there's a, there's two clubs and I, I can't remember. If it's the, the one that Defoe me. was in,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's
4: that one, but there's also there's another one which na- name escapes me. Yeah, uh, they have good links with Spurs. They get they they're a big name in kind of youth football anyway. So they so players want to join them. So the bet they end up having a a, a selection of the best players, and then they've got links with Spurs and links with other clubs. So you get a, a natural pathway there, which is
0: great. It's great for us. Um, and then and finally, uh, is there any laws that prevent players teams stockpiling players from other countries or do you have to have a certain amount of your intake from your directly local area or is that
4: i don't think so anymore i think that's all gone but the, to be honest most academies uh might have like one or two players from abroad so we've got uh this kind of spanish midfielder called iago santiago who you might have meant, remember we we signed probably six months ago now it was a bit of a it's a bit of a story for some reason, but yeah. um, other than, other than him and Maxi Taino, who is Timu Taino's son, I, I think that's pretty it, pretty much it. Oh, and uh, Poch's son, I think that's it for the um, the sort of
0: European or foreign players in our academy. Is he like you know, Pochettino, the mm. his son, Maurizio, Maurizio, he is he is he was he genuinely only drafted in because that because Poch is his dad? Can you see any other reason? I can't see any other reason I'm not
4: saying I'm not saying he's awful he's not an awful player but he's definitely not at the level of players you would expect in Spurs Academy that's crazy but even worse than that is I think we kept on a number of players post 18 that we wouldn't have got rid of that we would have got rid of previously because they wanted to keep Maurizio on
3: and
0: that was just keeping his dad happy Po- Have an I, I, yeah. No, I know, I think no, I know you're just you're just like you're you're thinking about the situation. I'm, I'm riffing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know
4: if that's true. Pochettino likes to hoard young players. Anyway, he he like I mentioned before, he would keep a lot more players than um, I would feel comfortable with because I think it's better to be. Having some natural churn, the players aren't going to make it, let them go and have a career elsewhere. Bring through the younger ones, then the under sixteen, step into eight, under 18s and it all kind of feels like it makes logical sense. Yeah, uh,
0: but Poch kind of but hoarded them a little bit. Even having your son in the side is a conflict of interest, in my opinion. I know this. Well, he had, he it, had both sons at the club because the other one was a, a sports scientist. Crazy, innit? Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I think in the in the wash, or like the positive like there'll be some stuff coming out about Pochettino in the, in the long run that maybe he was a tyrant at the club and he was, yeah I, I like that idea. Don't you? <laughs> like that some sort of fucking mystery that there was a murder that he covered up. Yeah. Yeah. Some cleaner got murdered. CJ DeMui from eggheads. I don't know what that means. He, he, uh
4: he claimed that he pushed someone in the canal on an icy cold night and, uh, and essentially murdered them. He, I think he wrote it, I think he might have said it in an, in, an art, in an article where he either wrote or was interviewed for. I don't know. And then people were going, did he just admit to a murder?
0: <laughs> did he just admit? Yeah, because it, it was a homeless man in Amsterdam. I remember it now. What a stupid yeah. idiot. he never admit yeah. to a murder, ever. It's bad. It's a bad idea. Um, yeah, I just think, just to close the podcast off, I think that Popsino, after a particularly bad result, may have punched a dinner lady at the club a bit too hard and killed her, and that there was a big, big cover up around it, and, and that was part of his uh, downfall. R.I.P. Ethel. <laughs> Ethel, yeah. R.I.P. All right, mate. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll speak soon. Yeah. Take care, mate. Yeah. Bye. Call, call. My find the funny like a dummy in no the bummy your mommy. Ha, ha. fighting cock and we don't give a shit Everybody knows flat
2: baits and prick. We can get a sticky in the mini sucking willy When you get a really. ain't gonna bagnilly Bang Cock Bang bang, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <A-I-G-H-T-I-N-G. laughs> bang,
0: bang.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network